welcome to my podcast Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Doute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. Hi listeners, welcome to today's episode of Worlds Collide with me. Um, today I talked to Eric and he lives in Portland now, but he was in Japan and in Taiwan for the longest time. So that's what we talk about. And we kind of talk about how it is in the beginning to move away, about the sacrifices that you have to make. And then also we talk a lot about how it is to move back and yeah, and what comes with it, the experience, the hard part, uh, reverse culture shock, because that really is a, a thing, because I ask this question everybody on this podcast and everybody talks like, oh my God, yes, for sure, it's a thing. And since he was an English teacher in a small town in Japan, we also focused a little bit about being famous for that <laughs> and how that is uh yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode um it's a fun listen so yeah here it is hey eric thanks for being on my podcast today victoria thank you so much for having me i am so grateful to be here i'm excited to talk today yeah um how are you Oh, I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in Oregon, United States. I can't complain. Oh, you're in Oregon. Are you from Oregon originally? Yes, I am. Uh, born in California, but I grew up in Oregon. Nice. Like Portland yeah. area? Oh, um, well, I am in Portland area now, uh -huh. but I grew up in a small town called Eugene, um, and it's not very famous for very much, just beer really okay. <laughs> <Just for> beer. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well that's a that's good people like beer <laughs> they do in oregon definitely yeah. and anywhere else too <laughs> i'm sure cheers yes. <laughs> <Prost>. yeah. <laughs> i love it <laughs> and so and so you moved to a few different places right that's right uh -huh. um For all of my 20s, after I graduated from university, I moved to three different countries uh, to be an English teacher primarily. Ah, uh, okay. Um, That uh, was so the I main reason to be an English yeah. teacher? Yes, for the most part. Um, so uh, as a career, it was English teaching, um, but for... Uh, other purposes such as um, interests. Uh, I wanted to go to the first country because my family lived there. Um, uh -huh. The second country was a lifelong goal. And then the third country was because my wife uh, is from there. And so I kind of just decided to give up my lifelong goal and move there to be with her. Okay, so, so your family was in? Uh, my family was in Mexico. Okay, and then you wanted to go to Japan. Japan, yeah. and yeah. in Japan you met your wife. So that's a very interesting story. Um, I used uh, international Tinder while I was. <laughs> in... <laughs> oh, that exists. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, oh, not very know well that. known, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it. Uh, It helped me be able to meet people in different countries if I wanted to travel. Uh, and, yeah. so, and so my friend and I, uh, he's from Finland. He told me, hey, Eric, let's go to Taiwan. They have some really great food. And I've been there before learning Chinese. So I said, like, oh, okay, great. That sounds uh -huh. like fun. I had no idea where Taiwan was at that time. I didn't even know it was a country. Um, I honestly thought it was just part of mainland China. And uh -huh. uh, so at that time, it was very shocking to me that we could go there. Uh, so I said, sure. So we went there and I just so happened to meet my wife through this Tinder app. And mm -hmm. um, it was just supposed to be something romantic for a short period. But right. uh, it, 
Uh, load and behold, <laughs> you can tell the rest. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, you got married and you have kids. <laughs> yes, exactly. The end. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how long? How long did you end up staying in Taiwan? Ah, so Taiwan was the longest.、Uh, it kind of developed through time of each country. Mexico, I lived there for a year and a half. Japan, I was there for two years, and then Taiwan、uh-huh. was three. Okay. So yeah,、um, Taiwan was the longest mainly because of COVID.、Um, oh, my, right. Yeah, I was there for most of COVID, which、uh, was actually a blessing in disguise. Taiwan. Previously, with the last pandemic、um, that happened, that was very similar, called SARS. SARS, two thousand three. Yeah, they were、mm-hmm. highly impacted by that, and、okay. so the Taiwanese government said never again. And so they said, in case of this happening again, we're going to stockpile basically all the stuff we need to prevent it from affecting our country, and、uh-huh. so. Um, when COVID nineteen happened, Taiwan just went on pure lockdown, and everyone was wearing masks from day one. And、uh-huh. so,、um, for the first two two and some years,、uh, there was maybe one to a hundred cases in total.、Uh, okay, that's not、know. a lot. No. So,、yeah. but you could still go out and everything. There was no lockdown. That's right. So for the first, like I said, two some years,、uh, we just had to be very careful.、Um, we had、uh, hand sanitizer everywhere, masks.、Mm-hmm. You had to wear inside and outside buildings,、um, and if you were caught not doing any of these things, there were fines. So、uh, yeah, it was just like normal life, just but but very clean. <laughs> very clean. And so, how long were you there when COVID happened? Ah, so I was there from the beginning to about when we were starting to notice Omicron. Oh no, I meant like. So did you arrive in Taiwan and then immediately COVID happened? Oh, oh, okay. So I understand your question. So let me give you a quick、uh, timeline of when my journey started and when it ended.、Um, uh-huh. So. My journey started in、um, Mexico around 2014, and so two years after that was 2016 in Japan, and two years after that was 2018. So I was in Taiwan from 2018 to about 2021.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, it was、um, it was not COVID when I got there、uh, for the first year. Everything seemed you know hunky dory, and everything was fine.、Uh, but then after one year, everything kicked in with COVID. Yeah. Okay. So. You arrived there with your wife, or did you arrive there with your friend from Finland? Oh,、uh, very good question. So I stopped my life path in Japan、mm-hmm. when my my work contract ended,、mm-hmm. and so、right. I took all of my belongings and I just put them in a few suitcases, and I went to Taiwan to find my wife there, and then she kind of, you know, helped me get established in the country.、Mm-hmm. Not too long after, so that was how the that transition happened. Oh, okay, makes sense now. And how was it for you then、uh, when you first got there? Was it? I mean, you already were in in Asia, so in Japan. So, how was the difference then moving to Taiwan? So, a little history between Taiwan and Japan, really quick.、Uh, a lot of people don't know this: is that、um, during World War II,、uh, Taiwan was actually colonized by Japan, and、mm. so、um, they have a very close relationship in terms of the recent、uh, foundation of their country. So,、mm-hmm. if you look at the buildings or the food. Or the culture, there are a lot of Japanese influences inside of okay. there, okay. in Taiwan, and so the transition was surprisingly easy because、mm. of knowing so much about Japanese culture.、Uh, but that's that's just for a little bit.、Uh, so for the rest of it, it was a big challenge because I didn't speak any Chinese. Right.、Uh, Yeah, and most people there are not proficient in English,、uh-huh. uh, and so I had to rely on my wife pretty much one hundred percent of the time. Okay, she was your translator. 
Yeah, translator. Uh, she, you know, helped me get a phone, got me a place to live. I, I couldn't do anything. I was basically a child in the country. Okay. So okay. Oh, that yeah. must have been stressful. I mean, you for you too because you didn't want to do that probably. And then no. for her, it was like she was kind of your but <laughs> She was like, uh, what's my the word? mom. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was your mom. <laughs> yeah, she was my mom. Yeah, that's right. I want to it's say she was like responsible, <laughs> almost yeah. very responsible, mom level responsible. Oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was amazing what she went through. Uh, looking back, I always say, I I don't know how you kept me. You could have left me alone in Taiwan, and I could have just you know died. And she's you're like, like a yeah. stranded dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just wandering in random streets i would have no idea just like uh, if you finally run into somebody who can speak english oh you. god just let me live with you please yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i promise to be a good boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was pretty much the whole scenario when i first got to taiwan but um thanks to having a very lucrative job in japan i was able to establish <clears throat> myself very well uh without any uh, need to work in taiwan for the first year and a half okay and yeah so uh i i used all my savings to go to chinese school And uh, mm -hmm. it was an intensive program where they teach you, you know, everything that you need to know in Chinese within about, I think it's nine to 12 months. It depends on what you want to study. But okay. uh, yeah, so I decided to invest in that. And mm -hmm. during my free time in school, my wife, she went to work and we kind of had this, like, you know, morning afternoon schedule where I would study. She's at her job. And then in the evening, we would spend time together. Uh, you know, like a normal life, right? Just mm -hmm, like a yeah, student yeah. student worker. Uh, and so it was actually, you know, very easy transition. It was probably the easiest of the three for me. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's easiest. Oh, I did not expect that because yeah. you were already used to the Japanese. So, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, for most things that I like to tell people when they ask me about my journeys and like mm -hmm. what was the difficult part that uh, I always encountered, because a lot of people are always hesitant about moving to another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so a lot of my friends always say to me, like, like, how did you do it? Isn't it like impossible to give up everything you have in the country that you live in to go to another one? Yeah. Uh, and so I... I always thought about that question, and my, the thing that came to my mind when I thought about it was you have to be willing to sacrifice the things that you own. Yeah. You have to be willing to uh, start fresh in a place yeah. you don't know. And that's risky and that's scary. Uh, but after you do it one time, you will start to realize that the people are so willing to help you. Uh, exactly and it's just such a great uh, feeling and it really grounds you in your ego where you're thinking i'm gonna be alone no one's gonna help me i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna die you know all these scary feelings are gonna kick in but when you actually get there the story just kind of unfolds day by day you're gonna find someone who's really nice who wants to help you start your phone plan and they're gonna tell you about this great person who knows how to turn on your electricity Or you're gonna find the next person who has a great Wi-Fi service. You know, it's just yeah. it's just a chain effect every time. Yes. And it's just I think one of the greatest things about being human is that everyone loves to serve. And uh, if you give them the opportunity to help you, and it's actually very easy once you've tried it once or twice. So for me, doing it three, well, actually four times, moving back to the United States was also a big hassle. Um, but doing it about three or four times, I, I've learned that um, no matter where you go or what you're trying to do, if you want to experience a country fully and live there, you can do it. You just have to be willing to sacrifice the things that you own. Yeah, exactly. And there's always the possibility if you plan to come back that you just put your stuff in storage, right? Or put it in your parents' basement somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, if you have the luxury of having a parent's basement and if you can uh, spend a little extra cash to store it, yeah, be be my guest. Uh, for me, yeah. 
uh, I didn't have either of those. So uh-huh. for me, it was always uh, finding the best uh, local website to sell it for dirt cheap and right. uh, you so know, scour like, the money. So the right. like Craigslist kind of. Oh yeah, like uh, any any local Craigslist or garage sale or right. uh, your friends of friends, you know, they get the cheapest deals, right? Yeah. Uh, so I always do that. Just liquidate everything, and then and is once you got about you know two suitcases worth of stuff, and then stuff that you really can't separate yourself from, you can just mail. So yeah, that's exactly. what I, do. I think. That's that's what I notice what people do is like they get rid of everything but like you don't get a lot of um stuff that is high of high value Mm -hmm. you know so it's just like oh this will work this will work kind of this kind of i can make it work kind of make an arrangement with this and then either you toss it out and if you don't then just deal with it and send it home or send it take an extra suitcase or whatever absolutely it's reminds me of the minimalist lifestyle yeah i mean really like if you just go for like a year or two what is there that you really need i mean i i remember like in the beginning i had like a bed a chair and a desk and that that was it yeah Yeah, it's really just comes down to what kind of lifestyle do you want to have in the country? Are you wanting to spend most of your time outdoors? And if that's the case, great. You don't need to buy a lot of stuff. You just need, like you said, a bed, a desk, a a chair, and maybe a sofa. You're pretty much set to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Especially nowadays, like everybody's like has their um, iPad or phone Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. them. So you don't need any fancy tv setup or something like that yeah absolutely and one of the nice things that i've noticed when i moved to a lot of different countries outside of united states is most most places actually come with furnished apartments so right uh, the, the stuff is already there for you you don't need to buy anything yeah that's right yeah yeah it's a really nice luxury. I I don't know why we don't have that in the United States. Well, maybe I do, but I think uh, <laughs> I think sometimes you see it. Um, not as often, but I remember seeing it sometimes. Ah, yeah, sure. Uh, I if there is, uh, and I believe you, there probably is some. They're just uh, you know, a dime. They're very very rare. Uh, yeah, and uh, not in comparison to other countries where you that's probably the only thing you can find sometimes you're like yeah, i don't want was. all this I re- stuff i remember <laughs> um when i was a student in germany i did not want to rent a furnished a uh, furnished yeah. apartment or furnished room and um it was kind of annoying because they popped up all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and i was like no i just want to bring my own stuff i don't want to yeah. use your furniture <laughs> yeah you don't know where it's been or how long it's been there you yeah know, and uh, it's And I mean, I, for me, it was just the aesthetics, you know, I was like, I don't sure. like this furniture. <laughs> It's ugly. <laughs> you know? you got to be picky about the place you live. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's <laughs> yeah. the one thing I've learned when traveling around the world is that uh, if you want to live there, you got to make sure you do a little bit of homework about what place you live. And uh, I really want to share this about my experience in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh so when I lived in Japan, I actually lived there twice. Um, once was uh, when I was in university. I lived there for six months as yeah, in an internship okay. in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, everyone knows Tokyo, right? Yeah. But so, that must have been like a big difference. I mean, Tokyo, oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. It's like it, a, a different planet. <laughs> it, it really is. It's a mega city, right? It's uh, at a point where cities can't even compare because it, sw- it has swallowed like all at least three or four of its states to make this one city. It's uh, just okay, yeah. huge. And the I get really humbled by it because whenever you go outside, no matter what, you're going to find new things to do. Uh, see new people and it's so easy to make new friends there just because the the huge amount of population is just Mm -hmm. insane so when I lived there it was a great experience because I could literally go in any direction 
And in 20 minutes, I could try something that I've never seen in my entire life because Japanese people love making unique things. Okay. So I'm bringing this up because this was an easy move. It was a six month move, and I lived in an apartment that was furnished, and、um, it was just easy to acclimate there because it was a humongous city. Cities、mm-hmm. are, I think, in my opinion, the easiest to get it used to because cities kind of like copy each other throughout the world, just a、yeah. little bit of cultural twist here and、mm-hmm. there, right? But when I lived in Japan for the two years, this is why I wanted to mention to everybody make sure you research the places that you move、uh, because I lived literally in the opposite for those two years, it was the middle of nowhere. I lived in a place、oh. that there were more rice paddies than there were people. Oh,、uh, okay. Yeah, it was a t- small town of 2,000 people. Right, and、okay. there were only three foreigners in the whole entire town, including me. So、uh, there w a s、okay. only two that I could make friends with. Yeah.、Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're the、uh, only white people? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly.、Yeah. Everyone else was a local Japanese.、Uh-huh. and Don't get me wrong, they are wonderful,、oh. friendly people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that in any bad way. Yeah. Oh, sure. No,、yeah. I, definitely, I definitely know that.、Uh, but I just wanted to emphasize that there was a huge separation between、right. us.、Uh-huh. And、uh, so wherever I went, I was like a, like a almost famous. It would be like, hey, that's, that's teacher Eric.、I'm, I said,、right. hello. You know? <laughs> sure. Well, you stick out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a six foot three tall, white, skinny guy. Just, you, can, you could see me a mile away without a、uh-huh. doubt. And so wherever I went, it was just like everyone would ask me questions, want to know a lot about me. And it was, you know, it was kind of fun being famous for a little bit.、Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. But, but You know, I was the only teacher for a population of 2,000 people, and you know, 60 something percent of the people are going to school. So,、okay. you know, everyone knew me because if they didn't go to school, they told, they told their parents and grandparents about me.、Uh-huh. And so it became a little bit too extreme because、oh, okay. no matter where I went, I had to. Put on a face to、oh, be like、wow. this. You so, know, very... you really had the life of a celebrity. I did. I had like, a... yeah. Always out for the paparazzi. <laughs> exactly. It, so, this is why the comparison between Tokyo and this place was so you know, extreme because in Tokyo, no one knew me. And、yeah, would, you totally you know, blend in. Yeah. Right on in.、Uh, but there it was like, I'm Justin Bieber. I'm just, everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone knew me. I was just like, oh. That's not a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it either. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a kind of guy who really likes calm, relaxing lifestyle. So if I had this experience <clears throat> like that, it became really overwhelming quickly. So.、Mm. Uh, it, was a, it was actually a good motivator for me to separate from Japan to go to Taiwan. Okay. Because originally I said it was kind of like my lifelong goal to move there.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that is I, I went to a school at a very young age to learn Japanese in the United States.、Uh, mm-hmm. There's only like three of them in the United States, but I just so happened to go to one. And、okay. uh, so I basically, in a sense, Grew up Japanese in school. Okay,、uh, so it's a and, Japanese immersion school? That's exactly what it uh, is. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Nice.、And、so, yeah, yeah it, was, it was great because、uh, I got to experience something the majority of my、uh, fellow Americans cannot. And Absolutely, so, yeah. It, it really shaped me in a way that was very different and made me feel more about being connected to Asia than being connected to my own. Home country.、Mm-hmm. So I had this yearning to go there、yeah. uh, from a very young age and th- to do the job that I actually got. And that was through the JET program. If anyone's listening who wants to become an English teacher in Japan, totally recommend it. It's the <laughs> be- best program to be able to not only get into the country, because getting into Japan is like pulling teeth,、uh, but also it's a Lots of benefits and a lot of fun. You meet a lot of great people there. So, but, anyways, back to the story.、Uh, the, when I went to there with this program, it was 
basically a, a great thing to experience. But being a celebrity like I was, I decided <laughs> that I gotta go. I can't. I can't. Okay, do this. <laughs> can't handle yeah. it anymore. Yeah, too much so fame. It, too much fame. Too much paparazzi. You know, <laughs> I I can't do too many peace signs. I was doing lots、yeah. of peace sign pictures. Oh my gosh. So、uh, I decided that it was okay.、Uh, moving to Taiwan came at the perfect time. And how long were you in Taiwan when you you and your wife decided to move to the U.S.? Ah,、oh, so、that's a great question. So when I wanted to move to the United States with my wife, she was already expecting. So、um, okay, we, yeah, was she?、Um... Was she、uh, hesitant, or did she like the idea? Or yeah, it was actually me that was hesitant. She was oh, all、okay. gun ho about it. She's like, "Let's do it. Let's go to USA." I'm like,、uh, "Okay, are you sure?" How I feel about yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I love the United States, and、uh, there's lots of great benefits to be here, but it's not my. Ideal place. That's why I was moving around the world. Is kind of get、mm-hmm. away、yeah. from、mm-hmm. the United States, and so she really wanted to experience kind of a lifestyle that I had experience with moving、right. to so many different countries.、Mm-hmm. So, so she, mm, so yeah. she also wanted to experience a different country. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. You're from Germany, right? And you're living in the U.S. States right yeah, now. Yeah, but then also like, hey, my husband, he's been to so many places. I've only been here. I want to、mm. see other places too. I want to be a little bit exotic. Yeah. <laughs> Make some yeah. more experiences. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, like I said, as long as you're willing to give up everything you've got, then you know,、yeah. go for it. Yeah, it's not really that easy. Um, but yeah, she was really excited about coming here because she had this image in her mind of what United States was like. Because growing up in Taiwan, they have a huge influence with、uh, Hollywood movies and you know regular TV on Netflix, and so、okay. she consumed herself with the impression of like TV shows. Right. Friends and How、uh-huh. I Met Your Mother、okay. and Brooklyn Nine Nine. So again, this huge impression of like, oh, this is what the United States is like. <laughs> sure,、and、yeah. So, It's say, like、uh-huh. I'm sure she's not the only one who does that. I'm sure. Without a doubt, without、yeah. a doubt,、uh, a lot of people get that impression, and it is totally understood because that's the impression that we want to give about our country, and you know that's great. But、uh, a lot of that is really, you know, focused on two places in the United States: California or New York.、Uh, New York. You、uh-huh. got it. So this, if you're not in either of these places, you're not going to really get exposed to that. And so I'm in Oregon. It's a, a foresty land of tall、mm-hmm. trees and beer. So it's. Yeah, <laughs> I love Oregon. Oh, have you been here? I've been a few times. Yeah. That's great.、Yeah. That's great. I've been、yeah. um I've been to Portland I think twice and to um Ashland to、oh. Crater Lake. Yeah. Oh, beautiful places. Yeah, very uh, beautiful. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to Crater Lake in a very long time, but it is a gorgeous place. Definitely a must go to. Come to Oregon, go to Crater Lake. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. So、uh, one of the things that uh. Was probably the hardest things for me and now my wife、uh, from like, doing these journeys was homesickness.、Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, this was the hardest thing to overcome because if you have, for example, a really close relationship with your family or a lot of friends in、mm-hmm. your home country, it's really hard to separate from that. And not only separate from that, be away from that too.、Mm-hmm. It, so it's one of the things that I always try to tell people is that you need to be ready for feeling lonely sometimes,、mm-hmm. and that loneliness will affect you in a way that you can never imagine until you actually go somewhere away for a long time. So my remedy for this is simply. 
finding ways to reconnect with people in unique ways. So mm -hmm. for example, writing postcards, this has been the, the savior for me is to always send unique postcards with a souvenir, such as a local candy or snack uh -huh. yeah, to okay. a friend in a random country saying, Hey man, I missed you. Uh, I was thinking about you and then you tell them maybe what the picture is of uh, on the postcard and then you give them a snack, say the snack is awesome, try it out. And, you know, the impact from that, not only for you, it's like a sense of relief, but for your friend is so unique that you, you just never know what com will come back to you as a result from that in the future uh, because they feel so uniquely bonded to you from that kind of experience that your friendship actually goes so much deeper or your, you know, your connection with your family is just so much more intense. It's a wonderful sensation and it relieves your homesickness of all things. So, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. I will try this out. I, at this point, I'm not homesick anymore but i was too and how did you um so how did you um make other friends then especially in taiwan when you did not speak the language oh i'm so glad you asked me this question because the answer is i did not make many taiwanese friends when mm -hmm. i was in taiwan mm -hmm. and this is actually the motivator uh for one of the things that my wife and i do now Uh, but before I talk about that, let me answer your question directly. Uh, so making friends in a foreign country is usually a very easy thing to do, uh, especially if you're from a country that people can have a relationship with, such as United States with Hollywood movies. You mm -hmm. know, uh, it's just a really easy click between yeah. you and that country. Um, so if you're worried about making friends in another country, uh, just think about where you're from. And what are the unique traits of that that you think is a globally recognized thing? Uh, that would be my recommendation for building friendships. That's what helped me in Mexico a lot. So okay. being American and living in Mexico, oh, my God, it was just like I made friends left and right. They're like, oh, you're from America. And then they told me like eight different things they know about America. And I was like, yeah. Like <laughs> six, six of those are correct. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we just, we just laugh about it. You know, this is great. Uh, but then you go to places like Japan and Taiwan where English, English is not a very used language. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to learn the language in that country. You need to really yeah. be willing to go out of your way to acclimate to their country. And then if you do that, the friendships will start to come because you can, you know, understand their culture you and they can understand your culture. But if you don't have a common language, it's, it's not going to work. Right. And yeah. 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 So, exactly. Right. It's kind of like if I were to try to open up a German book right now and I don't right. speak German, <laughs> right. like, it's not going to give me any benefit. Right. Yeah. Did, so, yeah, did uh, going to school help you, though? Uh, so that's a good question. So when it came to Taiwan, yes, uh, because it didn't give me many friends who were local, local Taiwanese, but it gave me a circle of friends of people who are from various countries who also wanted to learn Chinese. So that was the biggest reason why I kind of created a bond with other foreigners. But that was a very short-lived because they were also there for just learning Chinese and then they either went home or they started working. And so our connection slowly separated. Very, mm -hmm. uh, and so when it came to actually Taiwanese people, now this is the thing I wanted to bring up at the beginning is uh, my wife and I being so more focused on Western culture and these kind of perspectives and Taiwanese people being very centralized in their mindset of Taiwanese culture, mm -hmm. we had a friction all the time about okay. this, okay. all the time. And so we couldn't make any Taiwanese friends. And so becoming frustrated with this idea, 
uh, we decided that we would make our own podcast to uh -huh. connect these two countries together uh -huh. uh, through understanding what are the commonalities of the culture? What are the commonalities of our perspectives of life? And what's and the name of your podcast? So it's Taiwan and America, but America ICA, the last part of America combined. So it com becomes Taiwanica. Taiwanica. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I it, getting the idea of merging the cultures and countries together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So we've been making a podcast for about uh, ever since we've been here in the United States. So I think it's been almost two years now. Okay, and, so you came two years ago? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to do that. And it has been a big savior for us because uh, haphazardly, when we moved to the USA, uh, we started this and then so many great benefits came from it, like finding people <laughs> to tutor and finding mm. uh, people to work with and uh, right. making oh, awesome. friends. Yeah, and nice. so now we have tons of Taiwanese friends, but we don't live in Taiwan. <laughs> okay, and they, your Taiwanese friends are in Oregon or in Portland? or? Uh, so we have one. We have one friend uh -huh. who is in Portland, Oregon, uh, and that was a really exciting thing because she found us through our podcast. Oh, and okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, so it's just miracle working uh, when it came to creating that because what we wanted came to us. We wanted Taiwanese friends. We got hundreds of them now <laughs> nice so how was how was um moving back for you then because you've been out of the country for seven seven years yeah nice nice counting yeah that's exactly right i was out for seven uh and moving back was it was a lot of work and um it was stressful mainly because my Mother is a single mother, and my sister is the only other close relative that I have. Uh -huh. And my mother, bless her heart, she's a wonderful person, but she's getting up there in age, and she is a, a hermit. She doesn't like to leave her home whatsoever. Uh, okay. And so uh, during COVID especially, she became very paranoid Right. And fearful about leaving because mm -hmm. of her age and a few other very yeah. unique details. But uh, the reason that stressed me out is that we had to, like I said, give everything up in order to move to uh, United States again. And so we had to move in with my mother for a few months. Okay. And, okay. And that was very hard, especially when my wife was pregnant and also we're trying to figure out how to get jobs and right. my, my mother at that time was uh feeling very sick and uh so it was a lot of stress you had all, like, of, a, um, all of a sudden oh my god i cannot imagine but did you at least have some space or was it like a tiny apartment or was it at least a big bigger place I, I wish it was a bigger place it was a two-bedroom apartment the only separation we had was our bedroom Right. Okay. And how long was that for? Uh, a very long seven months. A very long seven months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Understood. And that was also in Oregon or did you decide then to move to Oregon? Oh, no, that was also in Oregon. It was actually just a stone's throw away of where we are now, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, a 10 minute drive. I uh, see. But yeah, she uh, was because it was the peak of COVID when we moved there. When mm -hmm. we were moving from Taiwan, where everything was still functioning, we went from a functioning world to lockdown. Oh, and, I see. Oh, yeah. understood. Okay, so that must have been super hard. Yeah. Because like and everybody my... already here was so used to it, you know? And yeah. for you, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to prison. Exactly. And my wife was pregnant. She wanted to, you know, move around, do things, and uh, no. that was not no. an option. Oh, damn. Option. So yeah. um, how was, I mean, how was then her cultural reaction in that time when it finally opened up? Well, the good news was is that right when things started opening up, 
was around the time we saved up enough money and were able to move into where we are now, uh -huh. which has been a great blessing. We have a much bigger apartment with uh, no mother and, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and no dog. My mom has a dog too. Uh, okay. And, and so things started opening up as soon as we moved here. Our baby was born and uh, Thanks to, I, I'm sure you being a parent as well, you're aware that it, having children at home all time would be really, really hard. Oh yeah. my God. I but, did it. Yeah. I did it for mm. COVID. My daughter was then uh, three years old. I did it for one year. I was. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. It was very hard. Yeah. The COVID baby syndrome is something that everyone who's a parent knows for sure. And uh, for, fortunately for us, I mean, it was still COVID time when our baby was born, but mm -hmm. because he was so small, we yeah. couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I also had a baby when COVID happened. So I have like one six-year-old and one two-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, yeah. And so the two-year-and-a-half two and a half year old i mean he was a baby he does not remember mm -hmm. anything right that's great yeah so it's the same was, for him but no. but like and he was he was not the hard one to be at home with the whole time it was the big one was yeah they want to do stuff and so oh my god yes and and yeah. yes Ugh. so the good news is though is that uh with traveling around the world and moving to different countries if you have children is actually a huge motivator because your children will have tons of new things to do. Tons. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And they can go to different schools where they can learn new languages and make new friends and explore different foods and be able to become international people at a very young age. A very important factor when raising children. Yeah. So uh, if, if you're uh, someone listening who is really interested and doing that with a family. Oh, I totally push you to do it. It's a great thing. For you, how was your reverse culture shock when you moved back? Oh. Putting the COVID experience and the mother experience aside. Oh, yeah. Reverse culture shock is totally a thing. Uh, so... Because when I was living in different countries, I would come back to the United States regularly before COVID to kind of see how everything was going, just checking in like, hey, are you all still alive and uh, let's go have some fun. And I would experience very minor reverse culture shock during those experiences mm -hmm. like, wow, America's so big. Wow, there's so many the food, I can't finish it. Oh, wow, mm -hmm. the people here can sometimes be really nice, but also really rude. Ah, America. And so <laughs> I had these, you know, little microscopic uh, experiences that would Im impact me from time to time during my return trips. But moving back after living in so many different countries, I came to the idea that the, there's a couple factors about America that really shocked me. One of them is definitely price. The... Mm -hmm how expensive the United States is in comparison to a lot of parts of the world. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, with the type of work that I do being an English teacher, uh, it was very easy to be comfortable in anywhere else except mm -hmm. where I am now. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely not suitable for a person like me who, you know, teaches a language that everyone knows in this country. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, so that was a that was a hard a reverse culture shock. The next one I would definitely say was how people are, just the behaviors that are in the United States. For example, small talk. Uh, mm -hmm. Small talk in the United States is something that we just do naturally. Yeah. You yeah. you see someone in the grocery store, they're going to be like, "Hey, nice shoes," and then you get into a conversation with them about mm -hmm. it. Uh, and that's for me was just really shocking to come back to when I lived in other countries, people would kind of mind their own business. And yeah. if you were to do something like that, you'd be like shocking their whole day. Right. Yeah. And so that was really difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. I understood. Yeah. One more thing. So uh, what did you really miss though, when you were gone? In the United States? Uh-huh miss oh well 
I could go on and on about the certain things that I missed. Uh, but I think the things that really popped into my head the most when I was away from the United States was primarily two things. Uh, beer, because I'm from a very uh, beer loving <laughs> land. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, uh -huh. so, um, uh, and you know, beer in other countries are great, but it's just no comparison to Oregon beer. We got like 600 different microbreweries. So yeah. it's, uh, it, it's just heaven of beer here. Uh, and so that was definitely one thing I missed a lot. And that, but the other thing is definitely friends. Uh, yeah, you know, friends. you can't, you can't uh, go on with, in life without seeing your friends from time to time, especially the ones that truly are, are a part of you. And so I had, I don't know if a lot of people have this experience, but I had this one friend. Um, I still have him. I'm actually going to see him today after not seeing him since he visited me in Taiwan. Uh, so he is the only friend who came and visited me in each country I lived in. And uh, having that kind of friend That's really nice. made me realize that, you know, friendship is so important yeah. and you should, you really need to hold on to the ones that really care about you. Like yeah. the ones that check in on you and the ones that make sure that you're doing okay, because you, you probably do that all the time. You know, you check in on a lot of people, but you know, the ones that do that for you, you know, they care. Yeah. And that's right. so th those are the people who I miss the most. And uh, that's probably the most uh, important thing I missed when I was gone. That's a very nice set. Um, Thank you. And um, what about the other way around? Do you miss anything from Japan or Taiwan? Oh, sure. Um, Japan is definitely food. Uh, uh -huh. The food there is just amazing. And uh, also uh, the convenience stores of all things. I know it just seems a little bit odd, but the convenience stores in Japan are just so much fun. You go into the store and literally anything you want. And I mean anything. You can get like uh, supplies for shopping or supplies for your bathroom or any snack that you could ever imagine like uh, pizza flavored potato chips you know uh -huh. uh, and really strange drinks like melon soda uh you know you got all of these fantastic things in japan's convenience stores and let me tell you the best fried chicken i've ever had has been from a, a japanese convenience store mm -hmm. so uh that was probably the biggest thing. And then for Taiwan, the thing I miss the most uh, all is her family. Her family is great. I love their family very much. And also uh, this one delicacy. If you ever go to Taiwan, mm -hmm. I recommend you try pineapple cake. Uh, pineapple and cake. I, I, so now it's not like a, a regular cake, like a birthday cake. Uh, it's these very small bread looking squares and inside has shredded pineapple and mm -hmm. they have two different kinds it's either sweet or sour um but they don't add any other sugar to it they just make it like these little bread cubes uh -huh. and you bite into it and it's the oh my god i'm like salivating the most <laughs> uh, delicious sweet i've ever had so okay. um totally recommend that if you go okay thank you i will or or if i see it anywhere i will try it you should but try you should i don't try. know taiwan was not on my traveling list i don't know it's like just not on it's just not on the map but it's like you said you had that too right before your Absolutely. friend didn't mention it oh yeah uh you know and every time i mention it to anybody in the united states they automatically confuse it with thailand uh, uh -huh. i'll say yeah I, i lived in taiwan and i'll talk for like two or three minutes and they said so what was it like in thailand i'm like I, that's not what I said, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> I um, I remember that, that that was like when I was still a teenager. So when I was um, 19, I I uh, went to Australia for a year. Hmm. And that one neighbor we had, he just kept saying, I'm going to Argentina. I'm like, I'm not going to Argentina. I'm going, I'm going to Australia. <laughs> It's like the other A, you know, the other country yeah, far away with the A. A. Yeah, my God. It's so funny how people kind of like combine those in their minds. It's just like, <laughs> how, how did you do that? I'm just, it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, uh, if 
Taiwan is a great place if you want to experience food culture and tea culture. It's those are primarily the biggest things that you will experience、mm -hmm. if you go to Taiwan. And the reason why、uh, Taiwan's food culture is so phenomenal is because they have night markets, and night markets are just a, a huge joy.、Uh, you can just、oh. literally walk around outside for. Oh gosh! Like for at least like twenty, thirty minutes, and you'll see stands of all these different types of food, and you know, like bubble tea in the United States is、that、a huge、lovely. thing now, right? It's everyone loves <laughs> it, and so and that's originally from Taiwan, and so、oh. yeah, and so the the tea food combination, right? So. Uh, that's why if you go to Taiwan, you'll see not only the great, amazing bubble tea, but you'll see all these different types of it too. So like little mini bubbles, or like fruit bubbles, or these other milk teas that you can have,、yeah. like papaya milk or mango milk. You know, it's a,、uh, it's really really cool, and it, yeah, it's、uh, it's also extremely cheap to go to. Is I mean, it, the the flight is of course really expensive. Expensive, yeah. It, but actually staying there, you won't. It won't cost you much for a one two week trip. Okay, that's good to know. I will check it out. Yeah. Once I will, I don't know. Whenever I will travel again. <laughs> sure, kids. All different with、it. kids. Yes. Yeah. Now we go a long distance flight is um just visiting family and、mm -hmm. and everything else is is I don't know maybe road trips. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, living in the United States—that's one luxury that we have—is that we don't necessarily need to fly. We can drive pretty But much. But also, it's luxury on where you are because it's not the、mm -hmm. case here. <laughs> here,、oh. you have to drive like ten hours to get like to a nice place. Oh, that is far. Yeah, yeah. it is far.、Oh. But、uh, wow. in, on the West Coast, yeah, you're you're there in two minutes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least where Portland and Seattle, when it comes to them, it's yeah, you don't. It's it doesn't、gorgeous. take much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't get much better, in my opinion. Ah, yeah, it's great views. I can't、yeah. complain. I、yeah. can't complain. Yeah. All right. I thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to be here, Victoria. I am so grateful that you are putting this together. Thank you so much for having me today. And、uh, yeah, I hope that I can come on again sometime and tell you about another country. Yes, it was so much fun talking to Eric, and definitely give his podcast a try. It's called Taiwanica, and I will put it in the show notes here. So you can find it, and also there you find my information if you wanna be a guest on my show or if you just wanna, yeah, just like tell me something. Yeah, you can reach out to me at worldscollide one two three pod at gmail dot com or also on Instagram. And if you really like the show, of course, leave a review. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah. I hope I will see you next time. Until then, bye bye.